the twilight of the gods' nears. Brother will kill brother. Families will be sundered by murder. Four ages are afoot. An axe age, a sword age, where shields are cloven. A wind age, a wolf age, where the world falls. No one shall be spared. Welcome to Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion RPG podcast. Prepare for adventure. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion to Ragnarok story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Hey guys, Jim here from Ragnarok and Roll, sign hero to Ragnarok Adventure. Sorry we've been a couple weeks without having an episode between the pretty much the whole group getting sick. Uh, Wild Wild West Con, the Tucson Festival of Books, and Carrie unfortunately still recuperating from strep throat and she's definitely having a really hard time of it. So by all means folks, send Carrie out well wishes because we definitely want her to get clear of the strep throat issue really soon, really quick, so we can get back to gaming. In the meantime, I was going to ask you guys, what kind of stuff would you like to hear in the in the, in the interview? loot here between when we get back to gaming with our group as a bunch of demigods. Kelly and I have been joking about having a uh, prequel game of Viking era scions playing back in the Dark Ages. So if you if you think that's something you'd like to hear, let us know. Or we were going to work on some of the audio dramas that we've been writing up for modern day scion game. Like usual guys, hit us up on either Twitter at creativeppnet or email us at creativeplaypodcastnet at gmail.com. So in the meantime, I wanted to let you guys know something that I watched on TV and I had a a really good time watching. I've been a long-time fan of the show Vikings on the History Channel. Huge fan. And I I got treated to a nice little treat uh, a couple Thursdays ago when episode 2 of this season, which is episode 31 of the show, called Kill the Queen came out. And pretty much it did a great, great message of showing just how bad things are getting in England, Ragnar's sons being, you know, kidnapped and shuttled around, but more importantly, Floki, who got in trouble for killing Athistan, was pretty much posted out in the middle of town and actually talked Helga into freeing him. And of course, Ragnar runs into Helga and we all expect the worst, even though some of us that really know Ragnar's character think, you know what, Ragnar's the observe, think about it, and then make your move kind of guy. He, he's, he is definitely the long-term, big-game type, type of player. He's not the uh, rage out like his brother is and you know, try to, to smash the problem that's in front. He likes to do the work around, but subtle. Well, of course, you know, uh, Ragnar unfortunately finds out, now spoiler alert for this season, that uh, Floki's daughter has passed away. And of course, Ragnar being a good close friend to Floki and Helga, he of course offers to, bury, to, to dig the grave for her and bury her. Because of course, he's not happy with Floki killing Athistan. 
Another spoiler alert. But, you know, he understands why it was done because Floki was jealous he wasn't his number one main man. And he still loves his, his, his friends deeply and strongly. Ragnar is one of those folks that does not love or let you into his life lightly. He loves hard and strong and enduringly. Well, as you know, well, after a while, when Helga manages to free Floki, Bjorn's younger half-brother, Ube, accompanies the manhunt to find Loki, who happened to have jumped into a stream. And of course, you know, upon the children of Ragnar catching him, Ragnar chains Floki up into a cave. Almost, you know, as Kelly pointed out, basically a crucifixion. And if you think about it, you know, he, he does say he, he found a, a punishment that would be long and torturous and painful. And of course, you know, while you're looking at it, it is a hugely impactful image seeing Floki crucified in this cave by three chains. The, re the thing that really got me in that episode, though, is I looked immediately at Kelly and said, I know where the writers got the story. There's an old, old story in the Viking sagas out there that actually reflect immediately upon this. Now, when Floki was chained up there, there just happened to be this little nub of a rock, not, not quite a stalactite, but just a nub of a rock that's slowly dripping water, like the, the classic Chinese water torture, where there's just a single drop every few seconds hitting you. And just, of course, if you were the victim of this torture, you would feel like someone's hitting you with a hammer in the back of the head. But back to the story that I was referring to. Let me <clears throat> get, in, get into the scald voice. This is the story of Loki bound. Long ago, Loki has always been more of a burden than a help to the other gods and goddesses. But after his contriving the death of Baldur and ensuring that the fair god would remain in the underworld until the cosmos was destroyed during Ragnarok. He went about slandering the gods at every opportunity. At last, the gods had decided that his abuse had become too much, and they went to capture him. Loki ran far from Asgard. At the peak of a high mountain, he built for himself a house with four doors so that he could watch for his pursuers from all directions. By day he turned himself into a salmon and hid beneath the nearby waterfall. By night he sat by his fire and weaved a net for fishing for his food. But, alas, the far-seeing and wise Odin perceived where Loki now dwelt. And the gods sent the sons of Odin after him. For when Loki saw his former friends approaching, he threw the net into the fire and hid himself in the stream in his salmon form, so as to leave no trace of himself or his activities. When the gods arrived and saw the net smoldering in the fire, they surmised that the wily shapeshifter had changed himself into the likeness of those he intended to catch for himself. The gods took up the twine Loki had been using and crafted their own net, then made their way to the stream. Several times they cast their net into the stream, and each time the salmon barely eluded them. 
At last, the fish made a bold leap downstream to swim to the sea, and while in the air he was caught by Thor. The salmon writhed in the war god's grasp, but Thor held him fast by his tail fins. This is why to the day the salmon has a slender tail. Loki was then taken in his regular form to a cave. The gods then brought in Loki's two sons and turned one into a wolf, who promptly killed his brother, strewing his entrails across the cave floor. Loki was then fastened to three rocks in the cave with the entrails of his slain son, which the gods had turned into iron chains. Skadi placed a poisonous snake on a rock above his head, where it dripped venom onto his face. But Loki's faithful wife, Sigyn, sat by his side with a bowl that she held up to the snake's mouth to catch the poison. But every so often the bowl became full, and Sigyn would have to leave her husband's side to dispose of its contents, at which point the drop that fell onto the unrepentant god's face would cause him to shake violently, which brought about earthquakes in Midgard, the world of humanity. And this was the lot of Loki and Sigyn, until, as destined, Loki broke free from his chains at Ragnarok to assist the giants in destroying the cosmos. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that. That is honestly one of my favorite Loki stories because it shows, you know, for once, Loki fucks up and actually is held accountable. One of the biggest things in Viking tradition was Loki makes a mistake. Loki is told to go fix the mistake. Loki fixed said mistake but gets a joke on somebody And usually, with the exception of when he got his mouth sewn shut, Loki gets away with it scot-free. In this case, the death of Baldur, that was something Loki could not come back from. However, I do want to point out some of the similarities that I I personally have seen. Is if you've watched Vikings pretty much from the beginning, Athelstan, the, the Christian monk that they pick up in England and take back, and Ragnar basically, you know, hooks up with as a friend... And first has him as a bondsman, and then eventually frees him. One of the correlations that's in the series, which if if you're a big fan of Viking mythology, you spot right off the bat. Pretty much Ragnar, who identifies himself immediately with Odin, believing that he is a descendant of Odin himself, has ravens on him. Huge, huge believer in prophecy when he sees ever a raven out there. He, he He is the epitome of the Odin character in this story. Floki, of course, just like his namesake, Loki, he's the trickster. He's he's an amazing craftsman. He speaks with the wood to build ships that no man could beat. He he always likes tricking and, and joking and playing Java little tricks on people. And of course, his ego makes him the most important person to himself, just like Loki in the stories. Loki's hurt lots of people, but he personally is the most important person. And the one correlation I really enjoy in the show is... To me, Athelstan is Baldur the Bright. He's the character that in Norse mythology, Loki tricks and ends up killing with mistletoe. Well, in this case of Vikings, he pretty much uh, killed Athelstan because he was jealous of 
Athelstan being the most beloved friend of Ragnar. And in the series, in the, in the episode I brought up, Loki is, escapes. He's, he's on the run. Ragnar is at the longhouse. He's upset, but he, he's, he's got his compuncture. He, he is not losing his shit right now. And he's eating stew. And I love one of the lines of, a guy comes running in and tells him Floki's escaped. And Ragnar, the, the actor's a great guy, is sitting there eating stew, just smoldering, temper-wise. And the guy comes running in and goes, Floki escaped! Floki escaped! And Ragnar just looks at him, of course he has. Go get him! And of course, that's when the manhunt with uh, Ragnar's children. Basically, his children are following animal sign and, and figuring out, okay, Floki went this way and Floki went that way. And then they catch up to Floki. And at one point, Floki was, during his escape, he catches a salmon, which immediately is reminding me of the story because Floki is based on Loki. He catches a salmon and he's eating it raw. Well, as soon as he hears the hunting hounds and the children and the, the warriors following him, he immediately looks around at a panic, and then it switches to the children's point of view where they're following the sign and realizing, okay, Floki did not climb this ledge in this waterfall, and the boy just looks at the water and just stares at the water. And, of course, you get this really good point of view perspective change where it's the, someone in the water looking up at the boy, and immediately the boy looks at the warriors and says, He's in the water! Drag him out! And, of course, you know, the, the boys bring back Lo- Loki to, uh, Floki, sorry, to Ragnar, who of course has this great crucifixion scene that I already brought up, where three chains have him put out there. But one of the really sad things is is when Loki is is when Ragnar later on in the next episode, Mercy, basically Ragnar realizes that Helga hasn't told Floki that his child passed away. And in this episode, you're seeing just like with Loki and his wife. Helga, in Floki's wife in the series, is holding a bowl over his head, collecting the drops of water. And she she just looks wretched. Her, her, her eyes are sunken. Her skin is a, a horrible pallor. You can tell this poor woman, for every minute of every day, for at least a day or two, has been catching each of these torturous drops of water landing on her husband's head. And you can just tell the, the love in her eyes and how much she anguishes over any anything that hurts him. And she just, at one point... The drip seems to slow, and her bowl is full. Her arms are shaking because she's holding her arms way above her head with this giant bowl, catching every drop. And she lays down to dump it out, and she falls asleep on the rock. And immediately, you see this droplet of water well up and just hit Floki in the head. He immediately starts screaming and gnashing and pulling against his chains. And, of course, you know, she, she has that, you know, that poor beaten down wife who's who's been up too many nights with the children look in her face that she has to go up there and again hold the bowl back up there finally thankfully after ragnar gets a, gets a vision of of athelstan who you know, like i said is the to me is the balder of the story he basically uh gets the message mercy which is the, the namesake of the episode and Ragnar, of course, comes in the cave with a big axe in his hand. And, of course, you're thinking, okay, it's the final mercy. Because death is a release, not a punishment. And, of course, you know, he comes walking up there. And he looks he looks up there at Floki. And, of course, Floki's just like, do it, do it. And, and immediately, Ragnar looks at her and says that she's been punished enough. And cuts Floki loose. So... It's just one of those powerful moments where you're actually seeing the, the ancient sagas being used in modern literature, or, or in this case, video, and brought back in, in a new and just interesting way. And if you, look, if you ever get a chance to look at Vikings, it's just a show, 
They really do a great job of mixing in the ancient stories, but in super, super tricky ways. I mean, and, and this, granted, with Floki and Loki being a correlation that's really obvious, but just some of the correlations that they've come out with. If you, if you watched the show, fantastic. You know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't watch Vikings, by the way, they are on Netflix for everything but the latest season. You can, by all means, binge and catch up and... You know, let me know what you think and what your favorite episode of Vikings is. I mean, I still think my favorite episode is when uh, Ragnar takes on the chieftain of the village in the in the very first season. And they do the classic shield game where it's, you know, two warriors in a ring, three shields. Whoever destroys all three shields basically is proven to be the, the victor or the righteous one in, in the situation. But definitely check out Vikings. Let us know on the Creative Play and Podcast Network.com. I'll uh, make a little blog up tonight for Vikings because, hey, new episode. And it uh, came out this week. It's sitting on my TiVo waiting to be watched. And check out Vikings on Twitter if you can because last night they did have live interviews with questionings with the questions still being answered on Twitter. So I thought that was a really interesting listen to when I was you know flipping through Twitter there when I got home from work. And like always, guys, thank you for listening. And let us know what you'd like to hear on Ragnarok and Roll because we definitely want to provide you guys content to have something to listen to while we're having downtime on the actual game sessions. So, like always, guys, thank you for listening and thank you for supporting us on Patreon.com on Patreon.com slash CPPN. Hi, this is Jim from Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok podcast and the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And I'd just like to say... Thank you for listening, and may fate always be on your side.